Jacob, and welcome into this championship Monday edition of Let's Talk the Sports Ball. I am Andrew. We were going to do a dual podcast today, both of us on at the same time, first time in a month. However, I've been having car troubles. I've gotten three nails in the same tire on two different cars, three different instances of the same nail in the same tire, or not same nail. I don't know if that's the same nail or not. But anyways, that is delayed. I have to uh, go to work later tonight, so therefore, um, I'm just doing another quick update, you know, like uh, did with the midweek report last week. So I just wanted to sort of talk about what has been going on this past weekend. We are finally reaching the national championship between the Tigers of LSU and the Tigers of Clemson. Everybody's been making, you know, I, I love when people who don't necessarily talk about college football a lot or if they even if they do they know vaguely you know some stuff in college football they see the tigers versus the tigers and then they go well who do you got well i got the tigers like i don't know how many times in the past few days this today alone i've heard that joke maybe 10 times you know i mean it really it you know it really brings a sad introspective into how many teams are nicknamed the tigers you know if we took all the teams named nicknamed the tigers the aggies or the Bulldogs, we would probably have a quarter of the college football nicknames right then and there between those three nicknames. Anyways, we have finally reached the point where we are seeing Heisman winner Joe Burrow taking on Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers in the Superdome. And what's, you know, we, we look at these two teams and the entire season since the North Carolina game, everyone, well, not everyone, I have doubted Clemson. You know, Mac Brown, first season back at UNC, Sam Howell, freshman quarterback. They only win by one, and that was then, and they only won, in my opinion. I think if that game goes to overtime, who knows what happens. But they, they win by one point against a team with a freshman quarterback, and maybe, you know, we don't know what the rest of Sam Howell's career in college football holds. We don't know what Mac Brown can do at UNC. Um, but you know, it just, it didn't look good. And then, you know, we watched all the other teams they played this year and just how bland they were, you know, how bad Florida state still is. They had to, you know, get scrounged together money to fire their head coach. So it was desperation. We saw, I mean, Louisville is coming back quicker. I think without Lamar Jackson, surprisingly than, you know, I think we saw that Florida state would be at the point where Louisville's at rather than Louisville already being bowl eligible again because that's, you know, I mean, Florida State was too, but six and six, you know, does that even count? I, I Not in my opinion. So, you know, we looked at all the teams that they played and they we just, you know, we looked at Clemson and we were like, this is Florida State in the first year of the playoff all over again. That team, funnily enough, also is was on a 29-game win streak when they played Oregon in the college and uh, the first round of the college football playoff and we all know what happened Oregon stomped Florida State en route to losing the national title that year Clemson however when when the going gets tough and I, here's the thing about Dabo Sweeney I think he's a great coach I think he can motivate his players incredibly well the problem that I have with Dabo Sweeney is when what he when what he says to his players to motivate them gets out into the you know the real world or whatever it it comes across as whining you know talking about playing the national championship in new orleans 
and you know basically being a home game for LSU. When you when you talk about things like that, when you talk about being disrespected, you know I don't I have no problem necessarily with their out of conference schedule that they had. You know they played Texas A and M, they played you know an FCS school, they played Charlotte. You know, very similar to you know an Alabama's out of conference schedule. I'm not faulting their out of out of conference schedule whatsoever because those things are very fluid. A lot of the time, USC, who Alabama plays next year, they can either be really good or they can be bad. For USC, you know, they could be average, I guess. You know, seven five, something like that. Clemson, on the other hand, their conference schedule is so poor that it really makes you wonder and this was florida state's same problem as well back back then five years ago now almost you know if not six you know it's been that long since florida state did the exact same thing that clemson's done the only thing is clemson when the push came to shove they went and got it done against ohio state when i was looking at the 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 matchups lsu oklahoma clemson ohio state i i was i thought to myself these two teams match up so well with each other that this i didn't think we were necessarily going to get the game that we got i thought ohio state was going to be you know fairly in control for most of it and for i mean they were until they weren't in this in the actual game but clemson matches up so well matched up so well with ohio state and you know all the miscues that ohio state had not capitalizing a couple of you know calls that didn't go their way but that happens you know i mean it's in the past it's done you know whatever Clemson continues to surprise me year after year. I looked at both these teams, both of them nearly averaging 50 points a game. Clemson's defense has been, you know, when you when you look at it, better on paper than LSU. But you look at who LSU's faced at quarterbacks. They faced Tua Tagovailoa for Alabama. They faced Jake Fromm at Georgia. Sam Ellinger at Texas. You know, Kyle, they, they, they played so many teams that had great quarterbacks, and yet their defense is still averaging less than 20 points a game in giving up scores in points. That's, that's really good when you look at who they have played, played. And when you look at it on the other side, Clemson only averaging, you know, 10 points given up a game on defense for who they've played, that's what you would expect. You know, they've done what we would expect them to do. I am, I cannot bet against Clemson anymore you know year after year when they played Alabama you know as an Alabama fan I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Alabama is gonna win because most of the time in my heart I've believed they were gonna win the game last year I I was a little iffy but at the end of the day I was still like there's no way Alabama is gonna lose the game the way they did Last and you know you would have thought last year's Clemson victory in the championship would have made a believer out of me that I should stop doubting them, but I still needed them to beat Ohio State to apparently believe that. I fully expect Clemson to win this game, and that is that is what I believe in my heart. That is what ESPN's football indicator has swung now to Clemson winning. I believe they're fifty-five percent projected to win um, in the predictor on ESPN.com. I fully expect Clemson to win. I don't know if it'll even, you know, be a back and forth game. I think I hope it's a good game. It seems like on paper this should be a very good game. Joe Burrow, a Heisman winning quarterback, and you know, for LSU after transferring to Ohio State, and Trevor Lawrence. You got to think if he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy next year, can can there be another quarterback? I mean, I guess Andrew Luck was the other quarterback 
to go to, to you know be right there at the Heisman Trophy, and we know how great he is, and still not get it. I mean, a Trevor Lawrence, you got to think he's going pro after next year. If he can't win the Heisman Trophy next year, then I I, I don't you know he might have had the best college football career without a Heisman Trophy, because he's started off the season so slow and has just bounced back in an incredible way with 38 touchdowns. I think, you know, you look at both of these quarterbacks, they're very similar. Very similar numbers-wise. You know, Burrow has like a 1,000 more yards than Trevor Lawrence, but they're so confident, they're so poised, which, you know, is going to come down to it because I think Clemson's defense is the real game-changer here. LSU's got a ton of pro, pro guys on their defense. You know, they got, they got some, they're DBU. They got great defensive backs. They have some great linebackers. But at the end of the day, Clemson as a unit, I don't know if we've ever seen a unit on the defense lose the guys that Clemson did last from last year and still perform to the level they have had been performing this year. I, I, I firmly believe that Clemson's going to win this game 41-35. to 35. I, I'm, I cannot bet against Clemson anymore. If I start to, it makes me feel like, I'm just not appreciating the greatness that they've been performing with for the last five years or so. And really, you know, if Clemson wins this game, I count this um, as a as a title from the 2010s. You know, this is this 2019-2020 season. We've only been in this. This will only be like two weeks in this season. It doesn't count as a 2020 championship. If you, if you look at it, you have got to wonder. It, has Clemson's 2010s been just as impressive as Alabama's? And now maybe this is a this is a topic for I, I would say more an in depth look than what I, I'm trying to accomplish now in the next you know 20 minutes that I have left. But you have got to st- uh, you have got to wonder with who Clemson has faced and how they have won and the consistency that they've shown over the over since really 2014. Is is Clemson? Should they be should there be a real argument that they've had a better decade than Alabama, and that's a conversation for another time. But moving quickly over to the NFL, we lost a top seed. We lost the Bolt. We lost the Baltimore Ravens to the Tennessee Titans uh, in a great Saturday matchup. I mean, I know the score, you know, by sixteen, not really a, a great game, but it's great to think of the Titans. You know, you you look at that team, Ryan Tannehill. I think nobody really ever respected Ryan Tannehill coming out of Texas A&M. And, you know, certainly he had a a season or or two that was, you know, good for the Dolphins. But nobody, you know, he kind of had like, he's more or less Blaine Gabbert. He's a better Blaine Gabbert in that he he left somewhere to go be, he left his job as a starter to go be a backup somewhere else behind a better quarterback. That's what I think we all were thinking with Ryan Tannehill. And then Mariota doesn't perform, and they go like two and four to start the season. And then they put in Tannehill to replace Mariota. And that team behind him and Derrick Henry, they have played some bruising football. They they snuck their way in on a wild card. And then they upset Tom Brady and the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium. And now you look at that game and you go, well, Tom Brady, you know, he doesn't have any weapons. They never replaced Gronk, you know. Is it that surprising that the Titans beat them? And, you know, I would say no. You know, we, we thought that the Patriots' defense was very good and would perform a lot better than they did. But, I mean, you, you look at it, they only allowed 14 points to the Titans. 
you know, that other touchdown came off a of pick six and more or less garbage time. I mean, Brady was trying to lead them back, but, you know, the kind, the writing was kind of on the wall by that point. So you go, okay, I'll give you that the Patriots, while an upset, not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. How likely was it that Brady and the Patriots were going to make some sort of magic and get to the Super Bowl with this squad with the lack of offensive weapons they had? It was, it was slim to none. But then they go, and they go and they beat the Baltimore Ravens. They, they make Lamar Jackson throw it nearly 60 times. Now, when I look at a stat line and I see a quarterback that's throwing the ball 60 times, that game better be a shootout. That game better be like 40s, 50s. That, sh- that should be the scores that I'm seeing. That they, that you need to be playing Patrick Mahomes for a good reason to throw the ball 59 times. But there wasn't. That was just because that was their game plan. They weren't running the ball well with Ingram and their running backs. Lamar Jackson had 150-some yards on the ground. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he threw two interceptions and he fumbled the ball. You know, he, he's the regular season MVP, but he didn't perform for the second straight year in the playoffs. Derrick Henry and the Titans. Derrick Henry had 194 rushing yards. No other team had with all their rushers combined as many rushing yards as Derrick Henry alone had for the Titans this past weekend. And that's with Lamar Jackson having like 150 rushing yards that no one else really truly, you know, was like, I mean, I think one team, it might've been the Ravens even came within 10 yards of Derrick Henry, you know, being that close to him. But the fact that one guy with all the other teams, rushers combined, had more rushing yards than any individual team had with all their rushers. That's that's incredible. Third straight game, he's ran the ball over 30 times, and that's their third straight win. And that's really their third straight dominating win. You know, they beat the Texans to close out the season pretty handily. They beat the Patriots. They won by 16 on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. And then you look at what happened, you know, yesterday with the Houston Texans. And the Kansas City Chiefs and the Texans jumped out to a 21 nil first quarter lead and then you know five minutes later tacked on a field goal made it 24 nothing and then Kansas City just came roaring back like an unstoppable machine Patrick Mahomes five touchdowns and he only threw the ball 35 times that is the stat line you want to have you know if Lamar Jackson had four or five touchdowns throw the ball 59 times do whatever you got to do this dude threw the ball 24 times less than Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, and they and he still had five touchdowns, had four more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. Kansas City's offense, you know, we we said that Baltimore is really doing things with Lamar Jackson we've never we never seen before. We said that last year about Patrick Mahomes, and there was a stretch at some point at a point in this season where we weren't sure, you know, are the Chiefs going to be like the Rams and sort of falter a little bit. Because, you know, weapons, injuries, Mahomes was injured for a period of time. No, this team is doing exactly what they did last year in the playoffs. I thought for a period of time that team was going to put up 60 points yesterday on the Texans. I I legitimately thought that in three quarters of football, we were going to see the the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs score 60 points. I firmly believe that. And And if maybe they had scored earlier in the second quarter, we would have seen them get to 60. That is how good Kansas City's offense is. We still haven't figured it out. You know, you watch it, and Patrick Mahomes is still doing things that teams, you know, leave teams in wonder. 
You know, Lamar Jackson has had a great MVP-like season, but at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is still lighting teams up with Tyreek Hill, with Sammy Watkins, who in my opinion has had a, a really nice career resurgence with the Kansas City Chiefs, kind of was a disappointment in Buffalo, but as a member of the Chiefs, he's, you know, he's, he's found a home. I, I, I'm, I'm happy for Sammy Watkins, you know, he was kind of the, you know, him and DeAndre Hopkins were really big wide receivers at Clemson, and they both took like different turns when they got in the NFL. Sammy Watkins was kind of a bust, while DeAndre Hopkins is now one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So it's nice to see Watkins develop into a nice role with the Kansas City Chiefs. And remember, this last year this team, I don't, I don't believe at this point they had Kareem Hunt, but this was a team that had Kareem Hunt. So they lost a running back who was pretty vital to a lot of their success last season. He was a big weapon for them. And the Kansas City Chiefs against the Texans still found a way to drop 51 points in basically two and a half quarters of action. So that leads to the AFC Championship with Tennessee and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now the line is seven and a half points, the Chiefs over the Titans. And I, I really like the Titans. I really do. It's a nice story. You know, it's got those, that new, those New York Giants teams feel of how they were always the wild card, always the underdog. You know, you wanted to, you know, even being a Cowboys fan, you kind of were rooting for them. You know, as long as they weren't playing Dallas, you kind of were like, you know, this Giants team is really scrappy. This team is a team that, you know, with no dog in the fight, I'm going to root for. That's really what the Titans are to me this year. I really don't care at this point who wins a Super Bowl. I would just like it to be legitimately entertaining. I would like another Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl, even though I'm not a really big Steelers fan. I can admit looking back on it that that was a really entertaining Super Bowl. So I want the most entertaining Super Bowl that we can have. And while I think the Titans have earned every right to be in the AFC Championship game, this is not going to be, thankfully, what we're going to get in the Super Bowl. This, this, I, I think the Chiefs are so unstoppable, at, at least in, re, in reference to what they can do against the Titans. Yeah, the Titans beat them earlier in the season, but come on. Do we really expect at Arrowhead that the Chiefs are going to drop another game this year to this Titans team? I, I, Derrick Henry is going to have to have over 200 yards on around 30 carries. He's going to basically have to do what he did last week, except even more if they want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just don't see it happening. I, I, I don't see it happening. I, I think the Chiefs will win this one 42 to 28. I think I think it's gonna they're going to force the Titans to score more and score quickly. And I think at the end of the day, you know, just because they've had the ball so much, the Titans are going to score 28 points. But it's it's never going to really be that close of a game. I think the Chiefs are going to going to pretty easily win this one, um, and and get to the the Super Bowl that they felt they were maybe cheated out of last year, um, with the overtime rules against the Patriots. I think the Chiefs are going to win over the Titans next week, forty two to twenty eight at Arrowhead Stadium. And on the flip side, the NFC Championship game. Um, what what can you say about Jimmy Garoppolo? And what he has done. And with the San Francisco 49ers, for, for, for a long stretch, it was kind of, they were kind of embarrassing. You know, you look at what they did this past decade, and they made three NFC championship games, and yet they, lost, they either lost both, they lost two, and then the one time they, they won it, they lost the Super Bowl to the Ravens. 
in a very and what ended up being a close game but that 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 just makes a heartbreak hurt even worse when you end up losing in a close game you know you almost sometimes the hurt of losing a close game that you almost come back from is worse than if you just got blown out if you get blown out you lose hope early and you know you can get drunk or you can just stop caring you can joke around but if you come back and you 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 lose close you lose tough as a player that might feel a little better because you you really did give it your all but as a fan you know we're just sitting at home trying to get the enjoyment out of it that makes it a lot harder on us but jimmy garoppolo you know he's had 13 interceptions and i'll get to that in a second but as a 49er he has done you know i think he if he had stayed in new england if he had been the heir to tom brady he he would be living up to the legacy that he should have set out early on in his career i think garoppolo you know he's still growing he's still learning i really think he's a quality quarterback for the 49ers they, they beat the vikings you know that 27 to 10 that defense though that's what's going to carry them six sacks nine quarterback hits and an interception against Kirk cousins who looked really good against the new orleans saints i think the i think the 49ers are dangerous and they've been dangerous all year you know and they did something that we only seen one other team do this year, which is hold the Vikings scoreless in the second half. You know, the Vikings, even when they lose, at least they can score in the second half and say they have tried to make this game close. The only other team that they could not score in the second half against was during a matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Packers beat Seattle, and they led 21-3 to at halftime. Game ended up being a lot closer than that 28-23, to and you really thought we were going to see some Russell Wilson magic at the end of that game but the Seahawks were just they're just too banged up they're at Lambeau I thought that you know that was going to be the team that was the road team that was going to move on I really I I, I trust in Seattle all the time just because I've bought into them unlike in the way that I should have buy into Clemson you know I think they'll always do it no matter what their record is I always think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to pull out a victory. And yesterday they, they, they just ran out of time and they ran out of steam and they're, they're too banged up. I, I don't think, I, I think Marshawn Lynch being back in that locker room was more for the camaraderie more than his actual playing abilities have left for him. I, I, I think they got to, you know, if, if Carson, if, if all these guys at running back for them don't get hurt, then I think the Seahawks have a really good chance to win that game yesterday. But I, I, I just don't see more. I, I didn't think Marshawn Lynch was going to actually be the C.J. Anderson that the Rams got last year. I think he was just done, and he was there to bring moral support to that locker room. So I, I really don't think that the Seahawks, you know, could have performed better yesterday. I think the, the Packers' defense is just too good. I mean, Zadarius and Preston Smith, two sacks each. And both of these guys were were brought in to do this they were brought in to build this defense that had been kind of lacking as a unit for a long time and and with Blake Martinez as a really strong linebacker I I, to go along with them I really I think that you know I've given Aaron Rodgers a lot of flack this year for not having you know the 38 touchdowns you know the, the the large amount of yards that he normally puts up but he's been efficient and at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for if you go out there. And we know he can perform when he needs to. It's not a question of can he do it. It's that he didn't do it enough for my liking. But then again, you look at it and it's like, well, really, in games that were, you know, he didn't really need to. Either they lost by, you know, 
31 points or ni- or 29 or something like that to the, how they lost to the 49ers. Or, you know, they, they just won the game through defense and solid, you know, just solid play all around. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he still had like 28 touchdowns, four picks. And that's what it gets into it is everybody, you know, the 49ers open as seven-point favorites, which is crazy that the, that the Packers on the road have basically the same point differential that the Titans have. And the, but the Packers have four more wins under the number two seed. I don't think that Santa Clara is a big home field advantage for the 49ers. I think the Packers, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is ready to get back to a Super Bowl. It's been a long, it's been a lot longer than we realize that we've seen Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl. It's been almost 10 years at this point. I think Aaron Rodgers is ready to get back there. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, while he's taken a big step this year being healthy, playing behind, you know, having a lot of running options, you know, getting Debo Samuel in the draft and Emmanuel Sanders in a trade with the Broncos, have, and jo- I mean, George Kittle, you know, he's doing what he did last year. They have shown that they have the weapons to compete offensively and obviously defensively they've gotten healthy in the playoffs with Quan Alexander coming back. But Aaron Rodgers, if, if, you, if, you, put, if you tell me to put money in believing in the 49ers, I can't do it. If you give me money, not my own money, if you give me money, say bet this on the 49ers, I, I honestly in good conscience can't take your money. Because Aaron Rodgers, have, he's burnt the Cowboys plenty of times. And I feel like this season, this season, he's finally got everything he needs to. Now, they have to make sure they do a couple of things. they got to force turnovers. Garoppolo has 13 interceptions to Aaron Rodgers' four. So he is, a, he is turnover prone, Jimmy G is. And they have to run the ball. The Packers have got to run the ball on this 49ers defense, with this, which this season has been amazing at at stopping the run if they can do both of those things they can run the ball successfully and you know either get to jimmy g or cause enough pressure to cause turnovers i I think the packers have this one and i i think the packers win this one uh 31 27 i i don't think santa Clara is a big enough home field advantage for the 49ers i think the packers they're not going to lose 37 to 8 again they're just not going to do it i mean I, i i refuse to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to let this Packers team. He knows what this means to him. He got he got a guy who's an offensive mind as his head coach now. He's not going to let this team lose eight of the 49ers twice in an embarrassing way. If they lose, it'll be close. And I think he's not going to let them hold him back from getting to a Super Bowl. Not that this team's holding him back at all. I think he's going to have to find more targets than Devontae Adams. They got to get Jimmy Graham involved more. They, they got to do more. But if they can run the ball successfully with Aaron Jones or really anybody, then I, I, I think I think we're going to see a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl, which I, I think will be a very good matchup. Um, I mean, 49ers Chiefs that would have also been a good matchup. You know, then they could have had Joe Montana get out there and start riffing on the the Chiefs and how he was a, a Niner for life. That his days in Kansas City didn't really count, but. That's just what I think. I, I, I mean, we're going to find out next week. You know, we're going to do a midweek report. Eventually, we're going to both team up together, me and Colin. We're going to get back in here for a dual anchor podcast. Uh, it's been way too long. 
But uh, that'll do it for today, this Monday edition, this National Championship Monday edition of Let's Talk the Sports Ball. And I hope you all have a great day.